in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Do, 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 do. Hi, it's uh, fantastic, fantastic uh, to be alive right now. It really is. It's a wonderful thing. I don't know. I feel great. Oh, you know what I'm doing? Uh, I used to drink coffee and a lot of diet soda, right? You know, a lot of Diet Coke, coffee constantly. This week, I discovered a new beverage. All right, you ready for this? Um, it's not like I have a partnership with a company or anything, okay? It's not like I'm trying to make money off of it, or, right? Okay, but but here it is. This this beverage, this special beverage will change your life. Okay, you got to write this down. Cold water. <laughs> cold water. That's it, all right? Any cold water, drinking it from a cup, I'm telling you, it's it's the ultimate source of energy. It's incredible. I feel fantastic. There's something uh, going on. Now, years ago, it was like three years ago, I heard two uh, Silicon Valley guys say, oh, yeah, water's the way to go. You got to drink water. You got to drink water. And I, uh, hmm, that's interesting. And I was driving. And uh, as a matter of fact, I was driving in Arizona. And I remember hearing that. Actually, California. I was driving a I was driving in California, and I didn't do it until this week. And I don't remember. It was like I couldn't. Uh, there was no more Diet Coke, so I said, "Okay, I, I'll get this water." And I and then I had another cup, and then boom, it's like a magic power. I got it. I feel so much healthier and so much energized. I'm sleeping better. And here's something else. Um, you know, you drink that uh, Diet Coke, uh, the Vitamin Zero. Your body, uh, forget it. All right, I could go into detail about it. Cold water is working for me. In the meantime, we got a country to save. All right, we have a country to save. And uh, even though Tucker Carlson has been removed from uh, Fox News, his message is more powerful. And as an ally, as a key ally, and quite frankly, we think uh, along similar wavelengths, don't agree with him on everything. And quite frankly, my Newsmax show, you know, I love Tucker. You watch it, though. It's a lot of Tucker talking, okay? Uh, I like to show things. I like to play things. I like to have uh, elements. I like to show movie clips. I like this. I like that. I, it's a bit more um, eventful, a bit more dynamic, my show. But uh, look, an amazing guy, an amazing broadcaster, and an amazing message. Cut 17, please. Cut 17. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. Folks, he was talking about my show. A couple of other shows, too. A couple of other platforms, but without a doubt, a thousand percent, he was talking about Greg Kelly reports and Newsmax. And I'm going to prove it to you, okay? So who remembers the horns guy, right, walking all through the Capitol? And who remembers what Tucker Carlson did? He was given that footage by Kevin McCarthy, and it showed that the horns guy was being escorted around by police, and they weren't arresting him. He walked by nine police officers. Doot, 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 doot. Nobody did anything. 
It, look, I've thought for a long time this is some sort of setup. This is a false flag operation. And the footage that Tucker provided was incredible, absolutely astounding. The biggest scoop in 20 years that the fake news narrative busted wide open, that the cops may have been in on it, that the whole thing was staged, that they left the doors open on purpose. And why? Because they wanted to disrupt not the electoral count, but the objections to the electoral count. All right. Officer Sicknick was was alive and well when they told us he had already been murdered by uh, MAGA people with a fire extinguisher. A total lie. Tucker has the footage, proved it. And what did I do? I said, look, it's another network, but this is the biggest scoop since I went into Baghdad for Fox News. I'm going to I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to play this footage. I'm going to play this footage. I'm going to play this footage. And it was necessary. And I still referred to it. Guess what? Guess what? It was all ignored by Fox News. The only show that played the biggest scoop uh, in two decades, a total game changer, was the Tucker Carlson show. Every other show on on Fox News uh, ignored it. And actually, you know what? It's just last month. Guess who took notice of this? Uh, my critics. And they were trying to assail me with this. And they were trying to maybe assail Tucker. But listen to this. This is Media Matters. Have you ever heard of Media Matters? Media Matters for America. It's a liberal whack job uh, group. Uh, they, they sit around. It's a watchdog group. But they hate conservatives, right? And they are they're just... Pro-liberal anything. Now, listen to this, though. Uh, this came out on, uh, and, and Levin talks about these guys all the time. We, we don't like them, and they don't like me, and that's fine. But listen to this. Newsmax, this is the headline. Newsmax gave Tucker Carlson's January 6th revisionism nearly seven times more coverage than his own Fox colleagues. Now, a lot of this I, I'm not going to agree with, and I'm not going to stop every time I don't agree with something. Uh, let me just skip down to the really, really good part, shall I? Okay. Greg Kelly reports Newsmax's flagship show provided the most promotion of any program with more than 37 minutes of coverage, a total exceeding what all of Carlson's Fox colleagues provided combined. Combined. Greg Kelly, my show, showed more of this incredible footage that should have been 24-7 on every single network in the world. They didn't do it, but not even Fox did it, and it was their own damn story. Isn't that incredible? I mean, we had evidence, and we still have it, that the January 6th committee lied, that they edited, dishonestly edited footage to show that Josh Hawley was somehow running for his life when he wasn't, uh, to show that the Horns guy was instigating things when he was actually being facilitated by Capitol Police. Uh, that Sicknick was alive when they told us he was dead. Just incredible stuff. Remember all summer? This is not some obscure story. We all sat through those Dumbo hearings last summer. Remember? I knew they were Dumbo hearings. Anyway, um, when you pursue the truth, one more time, I think that's an amazing observation. I Look, I thank Media Matters for getting out the stopwatch and counting all that stuff. I didn't know it was 37 minutes that I did. Greg Kelly reports Newsmax's flagship show, I like that part, provided the most promotion of any program uh, to the video uncovered by Tucker Carlson. With more than 37 minutes of coverage, a total exceeding what all of Carlson's Fox colleagues provided combined, combined, 
combined. I just think that's fabulous. I just think that's fabulous and, and really shameful for Fox News. What are they all about? You know what they're about? Status, prestige, money, and going to parties, going to that White House correspondence dinner, going to the White House Christmas party. They don't care. They, they, they've already made it. They want to, they want to keep what they got. All right. And, uh, they want their picture taken with Joe Biden. They want to all the trappings of the swamp. That's what it's about. It's for the ruling class, just like, just like Donald Trump talked about in his inauguration. It was about them, not for the people. They don't care about the audience. They care about themselves. All right. Now, um, what else did you see? <sighs> well, cut 21, please, if you don't mind. Cut 21. I, Paul Gilsar from Arizona. For what Sport. purpose does the gentleman from Arizona rise? I rise up for myself and 60 of my colleagues to object to the uh, counting of the electoral ballots from Arizona. Uh, is the objection in writing and signed by a senator? Yes, it is. It is. All right, and that's that was a that's a key moment on January 6, 2021, because according to the law, according to the Constitution, according to the Electoral Count Act of 1887, what you just heard, a House member putting his objections in writing, joined by a United States senator, you are allowed to object to the electoral count. You are allowed to object and you are allowed to present evidence. You are allowed to. And who did not want that? Well, Everybody in the room who said, oh, they had to disrupt that. They had to stop the objections. And that's why I believe they killed a woman right outside, right outside the chamber about an hour later. You can't have objections. You can't have debate when you had a, when you had a riot. You can't have that. So they wanted the riot to stop the objections because Democrats tried what you just heard in 2000, in 2004, in 2008, in 2012. They've tried it all along. 2016, as uh, uh, Jamie Raskin gets up there, I object. I object to the electoral counting on what on what grounds? And then they say something, and then they uh, they ask, "Well, is it in writing?" Yes. Uh, are you joined by a United States senator? No. Therefore, you got to sit down, Jamie Raskin. Gee, it's an amazing moment. It happens in Democrats pull it all the time. When Republicans do it, we do it successfully. <laughs> Not that I'm a Republican. All right, so. It's kind of fascinating. I um, January 6th has just been blown wide open. But I guess for whatever reason, Rupert Murdoch, you know, I have a feeling his motives are a bit more complex than just seeking the truth. Right. He's the boss and people got to listen to the boss. And you got to you know that that's that's fair. I mean, to a certain degree. But when you're as big as Fox News, you're kind of like a national institution. I mean, people are counting on you. And fortunately, Rupert has, you know, he has this friend he's got to take care of. He's got that friend he doesn't want to take care of. He's got this interest. He's got that company. DeSantis is probably going to win, so we're not going to show Trump. And all these dumb things that they think. And it filters down to the anchors and the reporters. Sometimes they're told what to do. Sometimes they guess what they have to do. Sometimes they understand without even being told what the agenda is. Okay? That's, uh, That's how it works. And you know what? When you're pursuing the truth, uh, you kind of have to be fearless. I don't want to say I'm like, you know, I, I, I have a healthy amount of fear. Okay. You got to have a little bit of fear. Some people say that Donald Trump has no fear, uh, and that that's somehow a defect. Actually, he has fear. He reacts the way a person should in circumstances that are, 
um, that require fear, actually. I'll get to that in a second. Although at the same time, he does have incredible confidence. And I would say his sense of fear is like physical fear. But psychological fear, he doesn't seem to have much of that. And that is a gift. Think about what you could accomplish if you weren't afraid of what other people thought. Huh? Now, about the physical fear, have you ever seen when he was uh, he was rushed on stage once? He was rushed. Uh, and Secret Service uh, stopped the guy. But I think it was during the campaign in, in 16. He was uh, rushed, and he like ducked down and kind of it was a good reaction on his part. Also, you ever see the bird? There was a, a bald eagle that was put on his desk for a picture, and all of a sudden it started flapping its wings like crazy and going after Trump. And he, he his reaction is is both uh, it's a good reaction. It's kind of funny because you don't see him like that very often. All right, so all right, so we got fear. You got to deal with fear, but you got to push on right through it. And you know what? You can't be fooled by those who hide. Uh, behind men and women in uniform. You know I support law enforcement. Hell, I wrote a book about it, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement, Justice for All by Greg Kelly, still available wherever books are sold. Um, oh, by the way, I'm going to be at the Women's Republican Club tomorrow with guess who? 5 p.m. I'm going to be there with Carrie Lake. Uh, oh, I almost called her Governor Carrie Lake. <laughs> okay, she is. Uh, she should be governor. I do think she won. Let's see here. Um it's uh, 3 West 51st Street at 5 p.m. tomorrow, and Governor Carrie Lake is going to be there. Speaker series. I haven't written my speech yet. Oh, by the way. <laughs> How long? Oh, okay. Listen, 20 bucks for members, 45 for non-members, all right? And there's a surcharge if you buy at the door. Hmm. But uh, I encourage you all to go. I will be there uh, speaking, uh, shaking hands, taking pictures, eating. I hope there's food. Speaker series featuring special guests Carrie Lake and Greg Kelly. Um, she just might be the next vice president of the United States, oh, by the way. Donald Trump put a great big picture of her in the book. All right. Um, I started a lot of threads that I haven't completed. <laughs> uh, that happens sometimes. So I'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Who's running the country right now? It doesn't seem to be Joe Biden. Susan Rice, I hear, just left, but, you know, there are other people. Who do you think is running the I country? I think it's a little group, a small group of people that are very smart, very radical left, probably Marxist, and they're running our country into the ground, and they're using uh, law enforcement, and they're using uh, the DOJ and the FBI as retribution, something that has never happened anywhere near what's going on right now. What they're doing in terms of DOJ, FBI, law enforcement to politics is nobody's ever seen anything like it. I mean, wow. Uh, how about that? A small, small, small group. And it's not Joe Biden running the country. It's not. It's Obama. It's Rice. It's some guy named uh, Zainz. Have you heard of him? Zainz is his name. 
He's the chief of staff right now. Nobody's ever heard of him. Nobody sees him, but he's worth about a half billion dollars, and he's going to be worth a whole lot more very, very soon, and he doesn't give a lick about you or me. All right, back to the pursuit of the truth. You know what? A lot of people, uh, if they see a person in uniform, they just give up all of their critical thinking, right? They just give it up. Uh, they No, no. All right. Oh, it's coming from a person in uniform. I can't say anything. I can't say a damn thing. Oh, yeah? What about when they're totally corrupt? Hmm? Now, liberals, there's a certain segment of liberals who just hate people in uniform, period, right? I mean, but, but now, like he's like he just said, They've weaponized the Justice Department. They've weaponized the military against their own people, our own people, us. Okay, so January 6th was a great example of this. Remember those uh, those cops, Fanone, Harry Dunn, uh, the the crying cops. Let's call them the crying cops from January 6th. It was the worst security fiasco if they real ever. Right. I mean, it was a total, total screw up. At one point, they had one guy, one person, one person guarding the key avenue of approach. They call it Freedom Plaza. There was one cop there assigned. They had one on January 6th. I was in New York. I heard January 6th was going to be a pretty intense day. What? Anyway, so they put out a couple of cops. One is this guy, Fanone. And they think that it's going to be very hard for people like me to criticize him, I guess, because uh, he's a bit of a good old boy. He's got tattoos and all that stuff and whatever. It doesn't matter. You're a person. We're all per- You're into tattoos. Great. You got a southern accent. No difference to me. But when you say stuff like this and you pretend you're an apolitical law enforcement officer, we got a problem. Cut 23. Right now, one of those parties has a cancer and we got to cut it out. He's talking about MAGA. He's talking about uh, cancer. And there he is, a cop, talking about cutting out MAGA. Are you crazy? This guy. And then he gets there and he yells and screams at our elected leaders, members of Congress. Look, they're dysfunctional. They're kind of crazy. Uh, but they were elected. 24, please. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. Actually, what you just did, that's disgraceful. Lying, 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 lying. Even about his own injuries. More on that when I come back. These guys, whoo. I blow the lid off of this great big hoax. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, The New York Post, great newspaper around since the 1700s, I believe. Uh, Sometimes amazing. I mean, they they publish the details of the Hunter Biden laptop. And and then sometimes they say Eric Adams is going to be a great mayor and they endorse him and they thrust that maniac on all of us. Huh? 
Uh, why the hell did they do that? And also, I mean, day to day, the coverage is all over the place. Hey, does this does this mean anything to you? This this story. Olivia Dunn says that Paige Sporanek helped her through a controversy. Olivia Dunn says Paige Sporanek helped her through a controversy. Who the hell are these people, huh? Who are these people? Olivia Dunn. It's a big headline, too. Olivia Dunn and Paige Sporanek. Uh, no idea. And guess what? I mean, <laughs> uh, well, not very long ago, these would be college students, okay? And they should be in the library. <laughs> Instead, they are, yes, influencers with great big uh, behinds, rear ends, right? And it's right in our face on Instagram. Look, I mean, uh, I enjoy, you know, okay. But everywhere? Everywhere? Everywhere. It's in everybody's pocket now. Every single person in the world, right? Instagram and looking at this stuff. Now, fortunately, I've, I've developed a couple of little tools and techniques to keep this crap uh, out of my day-to-day life, although it does creep in an awful lot. I just don't know who pay. I mean, okay, you want to hear this nonsense? Olivia Dunn is grateful to have fellow superstar influencer Paige Sporanek in her corner. In a new interview with Sports Illustrated Swimsuit, where the LSU, Louisiana State University gymnast, will be making her debut in the 2023 issue, Dunn opened up about the support she received from Sporanek in light of a controversial New York Times piece about her meteoric rise. Paige is just so great at showing you that you can be beautiful and athletic and successful at the same time. So it is just really awesome to have someone like her stand up for me and be on my side. Wow. Isn't that amazing? What a, what a, what a profile and courage. She stood up for a beautiful, athletic 20 year old girl. 20 year old beautiful girls unite. This is just, uh, the problem is, you know what really, the real problem of this is? It's the 15-year-old girls who are looking at this and thinking, that's what I have to be. That's what I have to be. That's what I have to be. You know what the number one thing that kids want to be these days in America? The number one occupation that is sought, influencer, social media influencer. Doesn't matter what the hell you influence. Doesn't matter how you influence. They just want to be famous and hold up a stupid can of Bud Light and get paid for it. It seems like easy work. In some ways it is, but you gotta, you gotta show your skin, you gotta change your gender, you gotta, if you don't have talent, you gotta figure out a shortcut. And, um, I guess sweating it in the LSU gymnasium and just getting really, really, really good at that, uh, that's kind of uncool. I mean, you gotta monetize it, right? You gotta monetize it. I mean, I'm all about money, sure, right? Gotta have some of it. I don't know. Do I sound old right now? I don't think this is an old young thing. I was jogging in Central Park today, running actually, and I'm doing really, really well with that. I told you how I started, right? Very, very slow. Uh, pathetically slow. Pathetically slow. Basically, I was walking a half mile, and then I walked a half mile a little bit faster. 
And then I walked a little bit faster, and then that half mile became a mile, and that mile became two miles, and then it was slow, and then I had to really work at that. And at one point, I'm running around seven-minute miles, from 15-minute walks to seven-minute miles. Now, granted, that was uh, 15 years ago. No, it was actually three years ago. And I'm building myself back up to that. Anyway, I walked. I, I don't run that much in the park. I go by the most magnificent, beautiful uh, scene. It's where you're about, um, I don't know, uh, 70th Street or so looking south in the park. And it's just the most you see a pond. There's a beautiful bridge. And beyond that is the skyline of New York. And I saw five people in a row. And they're all heads down on their cell phones when this beautiful view is in front of them. I just, it was kind of, eh, whatever. All right, I've gone off on that before. I think it's ruining, uh, it's just not ruining, but life is not, life is more interesting when it's lived, not observed synthetically, okay? All right, let me just wrap this thing up with the Capitol Hill cops. Here's Fanon, on J- the January 6th cop, who uh, lies like crazy. And here he is talking about what a hero he is, okay? Cut 25, cut 25. What happened afterwards is much less vivid. I had been beaten unconscious and remained so for more than four minutes. I know that Jimmy helped to evacuate me from the building and drove me to MedStar Washington Hospital Center, despite suffering significant injuries himself. At the hospital, doctors told me that I had suffered a heart attack, and I was later diagnosed with a concussion a traumatic brain injury, and post-traumatic stress disorder. Well, a week later, one week later, January 15th, he was back on the job in uniform giving interviews to the fake news complaining about MAGA. (laughs) One week later, I don't think he had a heart attack. I don't think he had a traumatic brain injury. I don't think he had any of that stuff. And actually, I know he wasn't unconscious when he said he was unconscious because I saw footage of him actually being being assisted by some MAGA protesters, and his eyes are open and he's yelling and screaming. Wasn't unconscious. And here's Harry Dunn, uh, big mountain man, Harry Dunn. He happens to be black and he happens to be telling, I think this is a absolute lie. I know it is. Cut 27. That prompted a torrent of racial epithets. One woman in a pink MAGA shirt yelled, You hear that, guys? This n- voted for Joe Biden. Then the crowd, perhaps around 20 people, joined in screaming, boo. No one had ever, ever called me a while wearing the uniform of a Capitol Police officer. Yeah, that's not true. That did not happen. That did not happen. 20 people did not circle Harry Dunn and start saying F the N-word. No bloody way. Now, we have seen lots of videotape, lots of body cam, right? Lots and lots and lots of material. Have you seen that? Have you seen the N-word? I've seen, hello, Nancy. Where are you, Nancy? That's about the most, uh, could you call that aggressive? I don't know. That's the thing I heard. Uh, hang Mike Pence. Did somebody say hang Mike? Oh, my gosh. They were calling for the, ter- the- no. They weren't serious. It's metaphorical. It didn't mean, no, they were not saying, they did not want him dead. Everybody relax. That was not the, why didn't we hear the N-word? If we heard Hang Mike Pence, where was the N-word? Kind of interesting, right? Here's another phony. This is uh, Officer Hodges. Again, (laughs) you can't be, 
The people over at Fox are afraid of these people. The people over at Fox are afraid of them. So who remembers uh, Cassidy? Remember Cassidy? Cassidy Hutchinson? The president grabbed the driver by the clavicle. Remember that one? That phony crap? This is on January 6th, and she said the president was doing this, the president was doing that. But she didn't know because she didn't see any of that. She didn't. She only heard it. She heard it from a guy named Tony, who heard it from a guy named Bobby, who heard that from a guy named Joe, who is alleged, says he saw it, the president do stuff. It's just amazing. It's called hearsay. It's just not, you can't, no, it's not applicable. You can't stop the damn country to listen to some girl named Cassidy. I don't care if she's tall and thin and has a tan. It's the country doesn't work that way. But I guess it does. And here's Fox News eating up all this crap because, ooh, she's tall and thin and tan. Cassidy Hutchinson. Cassidy. Where is this? Where's Brett Baer swooning about all this nonsense? Uh, uh, cut 35. This testimony was very compelling from beginning to end. She obviously had access to all of the players. What was so compelling, I think, is is how it was laid out. We always point out that there's not a pushback, and it would have been great to hear Jim Jordan or some congressman say some other angle to this. But the testimony in and of itself is really, really powerful. That's where you come in, Brett. I know. I'm sorry. Jim Jordan wasn't there to do your homework or actually analyze it for you. But you say, wait a second. She just said that Tony and Frank and Bill and George heard something, saw something, and then went and told and gossiped about it with the hot girl in the office. That's what happened. It was office gossip that they shared and or made up with the hot girl in the office. It really isn't all that hot. Sorry. All right. One other thing over there at Fox News. Somebody told me today, you know what Fox is afraid of? <laughs> they, they don't fight. They cave. They settle. $787 million, uh, because they had, what's her name? What is her name? Uh, Sydney Powell on, on television. Sydney Powell, former federal prosecutor. She had some stuff to say. I'm listening. I am definitely going to listen. Remember when Fox at the critical moment said that, uh, Arizona was one? Six o'clock at night. Arizona won. The election's over. Thanks. No, it wasn't. They did not have the data. They did not have the expertise. They don't have, keep your mouth shut. It hadn't been decided yet. Since when does a privately owned network tell us who the president is? And then how about uh, Atlantic Magazine? This is one of the darkest moments of the campaign, darkest moments in American history. When that fake news story goes mega viral, Donald Trump was laughing at war dead. I, I photograph after photograph of him somber and appropriately behaving as a person and certainly a person of his character would in a cemetery. And they write all these lies. And Jennifer Griffin, this is, oh, this is classic Fox News. Because they don't do any real original journalism on their own. You know, they always just let somebody else do it. And then they, oh, I, I, I confirm that. My source just said all of that's correct. And their Pentagon uh, person is a real uh, uh, adept at that little scam. Cut 34, please. Cut 34. My sources 
these include two senior former Trump administration officials who were on the trip to France where these remarks allegedly were made. They confirmed key parts of the Atlantic article and certainly described a pattern of behavior by the president in describing war veterans and wounded warriors that coincides with the description in the Atlantic article. Hmm. Interesting. Nobody wanted to say their name. Hmm? Not even... My anonymous sources confirm the anonymous sources in that story. What the hell is that? If I'm the anchor, I say, get the hell off my TV. Two senior former officials verify key parts of the story and that it generally coincides with patterns they observed. You know what that is? It's not a non-denial denial. It's a non-confirmation confirmation. These people try to uh, keep all of their little, uh, they want to keep, want to keep all their avenues open. All right. Very discouraging. But uh, we've already known that, right? You've known that. But you know what? A lot of you folks, quite frankly, it's easy. You know where Fox News is on the damn dial, right? Channel 44. Depends where you live. Where the hell's Newsmax, right? It's hard to find sometimes. And you can find it. Newsmax.com. we got the channel finder. You can watch us online. You can watch us on Apple TV. You can watch us on Roku. Make the effort and find it, please. My show is <laughs> telling you, man, it's uh, it's special. It really is. I'm so proud of it, actually. Got a great little team over there, and we put together a magnificent product. And I'm not exaggerating. 10 o'clock tonight, you will see what the hell I'm talking about, what I have been doing. It's not an overnight sensation, by the way. We've been doing this for years. I personally have been doing it for decades. Hey, did I mention I'm going to be with Carrie Lake tomorrow at the uh, Republican Women's Republican Club on West 51st Street? You can go. Oh, wait, where's that website? Here we go. Um, all right, I I'm sorry to do this to you, but if you're a member, the ticket is 20 bucks. If you're a non, I'm not getting any money. All right, this is not for me. This is, I guess, for the Republican Club. Do, they they need money to keep the lights on and everything, and pay for the wine and cheese. I hear there's going to be wine and cheese. 45 bucks for non-members. All right. So it's tomorrow, April 29th at 5 p.m. Uh, and let's see. You can go online, nyyrc.com. nyyrc.com. New York Young Republican Club.com. nyyrc.com. All right. And uh, I look forward to seeing you guys there. Hey, and you'll get to meet Carrie Lake, huh? I'm actually, I've, I've interviewed her a bunch of times, but I've never actually met her. Um, all right, there's that, there's that, there's that. Hey, the worst thing, I'm not done with Fox News. Should I do this after the break? I'll do it after the break. Um, give me one second. Thank you. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, I'll hold off on that Fox News stuff. I will get to it. But, you know, uh, earlier we were talking about those no-name celebrities with the big ass, you know, on Instagram. (laughs) Sorry, but, uh, you know, they are – it's just kind of ridiculous. If everybody's famous, nobody's famous. But uh, we still have a couple of A-list movie stars out there, and for the most part they're not particularly impressive uh, folks. However, comma, uh, you ever heard of Chris Pratt? Chris Pratt, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a movie I don't particularly like. I actually walked out, but people love it. Doesn't matter. It's fine. You know what I mean? People love it. Not for me. 
I did remember Chris Pratt. I initially noticed him on a show called Parks and Recreation about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit longer, 14, 15 years ago. And he played the shoeshine guy, right? And you could tell he was funny as hell on that show. And he was going places. I mean, on the show, you thought he was going places, like something's going to happen with this guy. And so um, anyway, something has happened with this guy in his life. He's just gone on to like, he is probably one of the top five actors now, right? And can green light any project. Chris Pratt. I know it's not Cary Grant. You know what I mean? It may not be that household name famous, but it's pretty much. And I was kind of just blown away by something I saw. Yes, on the Instagram. You know, there's a lot of crap out there, but there's. You ready for this? When's the last time you heard of anybody, quite frankly, in our culture, who is not a preacher? Who is that? And those preachers, we need preachers, right? But let's face it, God is uh, God is relevant, not just on Sunday morning, right? And sometimes it feels like you can only talk about this stuff on Sunday morning. All right, you ready for this? Let me uh, pump up the volume here. It's about uh, 35 seconds long or so. Here we go. God is real. for you. Believe that. I do. Learn to pray. It's easy and it's so good for your soul. Nobody is perfect. People are going to tell you you're perfect just the way you are. You're not. You are imperfect. You always will be, but there is a powerful force that designed you that way. And if you're willing to accept that, you will have grace. And grace is a gift. And like the freedom that we enjoy in this country, that grace was paid for with somebody else's blood. Do not forget it. Don't take it for granted. God bless you. Please get home safely. Wow, huh? Chris Pratt. Beautiful message. It's just not one you hear very often in our secularized world. And it's the most important message, I believe, in the world, but, uh, somehow it gets a little bit overlooked, right? Uh, uh, you don't want to, you don't want to come off as a Bible thumper. You don't want to come off as a Jesus freak, right? Yeah, right. You know, there's a lot of reasons they'll tell you to, the, to, to keep your mouth shut and just go along with the, go with the program. Uh, but the key to everything, I think, is <laughs> right there. And I told that everybody has their journey. I told you mine. Listen, uh, the Bible, when I started reading it, and uh, that's when everything started to click. Everything, everything, everything. And then, uh, you know, first I needed Charles Stanley, the Charles Stanley Bible with all the little footnotes and things like that. But they were, it was like, it was like, quite frankly, when my dad taught me how to ride my uh, my bicycle without the training wheels. We did that around Schubert School in Baldwin. It was an amazing uh, thing. And then I was riding up and down Sprague Street about 15 miles per hour on my bike with no training wheels. <sighs> anyway, um, really appreciate Chris Pratt. And uh, it is the most important thing. However, this is a uh, an afternoon political talk show. And uh, we will get back to the politics and your calls, actually. Uh, let's try, if you don't mind, very quickly, uh, Rocco. Greg, how are you? Good. Listen, I was, um, I wrote on the back of my car, and people have given me the thumbs up. It says, moms and dads. Yeah. Save your, save your daughter's hopes and dreams. Vote Republican. And I put the anti-trans with the mark through it, and it says sports. I've been getting nothing but... Thumbs up, beep the horn, women coming up, hugging me, giving me a kiss. God bless you. You put all that on a bumper sticker? 
No, I wrote it on the back of my window of my oh. car. <laughs> hey, and, and uh, uh, by the way, girls are coming up to you and hugging and kissing you, huh? Yeah, because they're, they, they said, thank God somebody has the courage to speak up. We need more people like you in this country. I love it. Anybody, and, um, anybody give you a hard time? Anybody give you, uh, you know, the middle finger or something like that? Believe it or not, little old ladies. I don't get it. I mean, uh, for instance, I have a T-shirt that says Biden wasn't elected. He was installed like a toy. Uh, they don't like <laughs> All right, Rocco. Thank you very much, though. Good stuff. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Diego, are you good at Instagram? You ever watch something really good and then it goes away, you, right? And you don't know how to find it again. How do I find what I just watched with Chris Pratt? Do I go back and scroll back forever and 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 keep looking for it? I don't see it. I would just um, I would search Chris Pratt uh, and I keywords did. of whatever. Nah, it, it doesn't was. work. I don't know. I don't no? know. Yeah, it's got to be out there somewhere. Uh, hmm. All right. Never mind. In the meantime. Hey, Ukraine is still at war with Russia. It's amazing. We've all just accepted it, right? That war just continues on and on and on and on and on. Billions and billions and billions and billions served. I mean, billions and billions and billions spent. And we're just going to keep doing it, I guess, indefinitely, right? Uh, Ukraine, oh, by the way, is not a member of NATO, all right? We have no contractual obligation to defend NATO, uh, to, to defend Ukraine. Sorry, we don't. I mean, I would like to. But I don't really think we should be going all out like we are. I just don't. It's a little bit much, okay? Big countries have been invading small countries since the invention of countries, okay? And they're right next door to each other. It's not like they did anything really drastic, like go all the way around the other side of the world and invade the wrong country like we did, Iraq, and right? Remember all that stuff? So uh, what the hell? Seriously, why isn't anybody talking about peace? How about a little bit of peace? No emphasis whatsoever on peace. Remember in the Vietnam War? Everybody was out there um, protesting for peace. And John Lennon, all we are saying is give peace a chance. Remember that? And now they were, were they really into peace or were they really into just not going to war? Because we had the draft back then. It was really, they didn't want to send, they didn't want to go to war. And the girlfriends of the guys did not want them going to war. That was what the real passion was about. Because you notice that anti-war protests really aren't a thing anymore. They really aren't. I mean, because, uh, well, in the Gulf War, can you think of any real significant war protest? How about in 2002, 2003, when I had to go over there and uh, actually for Fox News, right? Remember that? Weapons of mass destruction. Was there any sizable, speak, you know, noteworthy opposition to that? No. Just did it. No weapons of mass destruction. Nobody seemed to really get worked up about that. Reelected George W. Bush. Uh, no weapons of mass destruction, and he gets a great big free fat pass, huh? <laughs> and then a few years later, his brother, after invading the wrong country, uh, after invading Afghanistan late, letting Osama bin Laden get away, letting 9-11 happen, uh, somehow uh, all that good stuff, that's good stuff, and, and, and Jeb is going to be pre- – no, no. You know, a lot of people were conned by Republicans over the years. They really were. And it was an act. It was an act that they pulled, right? All that all shucks, right? You know, and we got to get them there or else they're going to come here and all that stuff, right? It was, a, they, they talked to us like children and too many people believed it and went along with it. And Trump, you know, that was an amazing moment at that South Carolina debate when he stood up and said, let's face it, the war in Iraq was a big fat mistake. 
And she, the Republicans were horrified. You're not supposed to say that. You're not, how can you say that? There were no weapons of mass destruction. We made a mistake. And we totally destabilized the Middle East. And that happened with you and your brother. <laughs> it was great. He said the quiet part out loud. The quiet part out loud. Why the hell, huh? Why the hell be so cautious? Tiptoe around. I'll tell you why most of them tiptoe around, because they are uh, beholden to corporate interests. They are. Corporations are very strange. You know, they're so big, and they get so, they're so big, they're so powerful, and there's office politics. I don't know. I don't know. I was at Fox for a while. I, you know, I'm not one of those. I don't badmouth anything that happened on the inside. I don't like that. I mean, it was not abnormal as a company in that respect. But what you see on TV, both then and now, that's fair game. That's fair game. And I really don't have much to say about the inside workings. Uh, and I actually don't like those people who write those so-called tell-all books and, and, and all that stuff. Well, I was on the inside. And I, well, I don't know. I just, uh, there's, a, there's a little bit too much of that uh, cheap. That's a cheap shot, too. Hey, by the way, it doesn't matter. Um, writing a book. I'll get back to that. All right. Uh, hey, do me a favor. You've been on hold for a while. Sandra, hello. Welcome back. Hi, Greg. Um, uh, I wanted to say that I listened to your show last night and you said to say bye-bye to Fox. Well, I didn't I really say did. that. I didn't say that last night. Oh, well, I thought you did. Okay. I well, didn't say that. I, said I mean, I anyway. urge you to say, I mean, I mean, look, I think our, our programming is uh, far more truthful. I think it's uh, more entertaining. And we're not always looking over our shoulders like they are over there. Anyway, what else? Well, that's. I decided the other day, the day after Tucker left, I, I watched Hannity, and when I saw that he didn't mention anything about Tucker, first of all, Tucker used to introduce him every night. Then I said, look, this show is not going to be the same anymore because, you know, Hannity is probably afraid to go against any rules now. Hold on a second. So Hold on a second. I Hold on a second. You're telling me on Monday night, the first night that uh, Tucker wasn't on, Hannity did did not even acknowledge Tucker's absence. That's what I remember. I didn't hear him mention. I'm going to have to confirm that. I'm going to have to confirm that. It's almost inconceivable to me that he wouldn't have mentioned that. I'm going to confirm that. Uh, let me look into that. Uh, all right, keep going with your thought. So, so then, I, then I said to myself, "Well, they're all going to be afraid to start talking about uh, Tucker." And there was really no mention about Tucker, as far as I remember. So that's when I decided, and I and I know that it takes three days to break a habit. So I broke it, but I did put Hannity on, you know, recording just in case <laughs> I want to hear him still. But so far I haven't played it, and All I right. did go on his I show. Have no I like beef. him so I have much. no beef with so Hannity. Much. I have no beef with Hannity, but it takes a lot more than three days to break a habit. <laughs> it does. It does. I and the scientists figured it out. It takes like 28 <laughs> days or something like that. It's a long time, and it's hard. But I appreciate you trying. Anything else going on? So, no. So I watched your show last night, and, and I, as usual, I enjoyed you on my – and look, Newsmax, as far as I know, they don't have an agenda. I'm going to get everything there, and I don't feel I'm going to get everything at, at Fox News anymore. So that's my decision. So then I wanted to say about the rally last uh, yesterday with uh, – Donald Trump, it was awesome. It was great. It was uplifting. He, I love how he says thank you to his audience all the time. 
And um, oh, you I remind me. You remind me. Here we go. Let's go. Uh, this is Donald Trump at the, with the new nickname for Joe. And by the way, it totally works. Cut thirty-one, please. Cut thirty-one. Going to be a major announcement. Are you ready? Is everybody ready? I will be retiring the name Crooked from Hillary Clinton and her moniker. And I'm going to give her a new name. I don't know, like maybe Lovely Hillary or Beautiful Hillary. But I'm going to retire the name Crooked so that we can use the name for Joe Biden because he'll be known from now on as Crooked Joe Biden. You would think that Hillary would be very happy today. She'll be, I think she'll be, she's out there someplace celebrating. Because there's never been anyone in the history of American politics so crooked or dishonest as Joe Biden. Wow. It totally works. Crooked Joe Biden. I mean, and in a much more clear cut way than Hillary. Hillary greased the system for herself. Uh, but Joe, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's so much more in your face. All right, Sandra, great. I appreciate it. Hey, am I going to see you tomorrow at the Republican Club? Because I'm going to be there at 5 you know, p.m. I'm going to be there. I, I, I'm going to be there at 5 p.m. And Carrie Lake is going to be there as well. Uh, are you going? I wish I knew, I wish I knew the sooner because I just learned from you that you're going to be there. So I'm very happy you're going to be there. Just tell I, me you're I, not coming, all right? You don't have to butter me up like that. You're not going. It's okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's all right. It's all right. No. It's all right. Thanks anyway. Thought I could count on you. All right. Anyway, uh, I'm only kidding. Thank you, Sandra, very, very much as usual. Hey, remember this about the fake news. They do not understand the country. They do not understand. This is goes for Fox, especially, especially Fox. When Donald Trump came down that escalator, remember the reaction? In 2015, remember what everybody was saying? Cut 37, please. Cut 37. Do not underestimate the the Castro-esque absurdity of what we just endured. Uh, I mean, this was basically a speech that was 50% how rich and successful and and the Donald Trump was. I don't know where to begin. That that went on and on and on. Typical Trump fashion. He never really knows when to make the early exit. Kept fact checkers very busy and, of course, provided plenty of fodder for America's late night comedians. But they aren't the only people treating Trump's run as a joke. The consensus among political observers has been that while his candidacy is great entertainment, it's terrible for politics. Wow, huh? Devastating assessment. How about the, can I hear the first guy? I mean, you see how, like, they try to impress each other? What the hell kind of observation was that? Just the very first one. Listen to this. Do Listen. not under- Go ahead. Do not underestimate the, the Castro-esque absurdity of what we just endured. Okay. Uh- Do not underestimate... The Castro-esque absurdity of what we just endured. Does he realize he's speaking on television and not to his friends at the Algonquin Hotel? I mean, what the hell kind of statement is that? Do not underestimate the Castro-esque absurdity. I quite frankly haven't seen any Raul or Fidel Castro speeches lately. I don't exactly know. I mean... And I, I would never think to underestimate that. I would never think to underestimate. Now, you want to know what Greg Kelly said when he saw the same speech <laughs> that very day when he saw Donald Trump come down the escalator and he said what he said, what I said? You ready for this? It's great. 
my first reaction to the speech, as told to, of all people, Billy Bush on Access Hollywood, cut 38. I think he might be a game changer in this race. Listen to that speech. It's going to go over well uh, in certain precincts in Iowa, New Hampshire. This is a big deal. This is not a joke. Who do you think's in touch more? That guy or the one who was talking about Castro-esque absurdity? <laughs> who understands us? I'm very proud of that. That's for the ages right there. Everybody was laughing, snickering, the New York Times, all those smart people. Smart people in there. Castro-esque absurdity. <laughs> I get such a kick out of that. You know what? It's not that I'm a genius. It's not that I'm uh no, it's none of that. It's that I... I've never been a part of that group. I've never been a part of that club. I don't know what it is about me, um, but I'm glad. I'm glad I'm a little bit different and that I never could quite fit in. A big, I do know what a big chunk of it is because after I left college, I joined the Marine Corps. And I was all over the country, all over the world. I lived in the panhandle of Florida. I lived in, uh, in uh, rural Mississippi. Who gets to live in Mississippi other than you're born in Mississippi? I lived in Mississippi for two years. I lived in eastern North Carolina. I lived in this little town called Yuma in Arizona. I am so blessed to have had that experience all over the country. You meet all kinds of different people. And, I mean, I love New York. Um, actually, I, I that's a big thing, actually, also. I learned a lot about New York being away from New York. Because I had this friend, and he was always depressed. He was from New York as well. There weren't many Marines from New York. And he was like, man, this town sucks. I can't stand it here. This sucks. Everything sucked with this guy. I'm like, what's the big deal, man? What do you think's going on in New York right now that you... Everything. And I go back to New York, and you know what? You know what the big difference? I mean, like, I remember... Um, I went to the mall once in Yuma, and what did we have at the mall? We had Banana Republic, we had The Gap, we had Starbucks. You could get the USA Today. A lot of this is before the Internet. And you come back to this kid's neighborhood, 86th Street, Lexington Avenue. What did I see? I saw The Gap, I saw Starbucks, I saw Banana Republic. It's the same stuff. It's just not as different. The big difference between New York and the rest of the country, and it really doesn't even apply anymore, New York, you go out during the middle of the week. If you're young and single, a lot of people would go out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever. Uh, the rest of the country, that's basically a Friday, Saturday night thing. People are people, you know. Hey, 40%. 40% of this place right here voted for Trump. Um, anyway, where was I going with that? I'm just, that's how I understand. That's how I saw Trump's appeal, all right? Because of my travels, I was just uh, exposed to people, and um, I'm very grateful for the experience. You don't learn anything talking to people who agree with you all the time. Like, you know, the the media, all they do is they're always trying to outdo each other and try how try to show how smart they are with cute little lines about how. What did that guy say again? Huh? How did he put it? Do not underestimate the, the Castro-esque absurdity. The Castro-esque absurdity, right? Oh, that was so clever. That was so clever, Lance. What an interesting line, whatever that guy's name is. Castro-esque absurdity. I know what I'm going to say. I'm going to complain about the Castro-esque absurdity of it all. All right. See how it works? I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, the gay lesbian is no longer a gay lesbian. She is queer. 
right? Is that that is the update from Corinne Jean Pierre? Now wait, 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 wait. She's a, a terrible press secretary. She wouldn't be so bad if she wasn't talking about uh, sex and gender all the time. I think she'd be much better at her job if she focused on the job and not this crap. Cut 41, please. Cut 41. I am a black gay immigrant woman, the first of all three of those to hold this position. Can we talk about you as a trailblazer, the first black, the first immigrant, the first openly gay person to hold the job of White House press secretary? Any young, young girl or young boy, when they look up, they see me, that they know that they can. They know they can what? Be that be that job. Have that job. Uh, black gay immigrant woman. Now, she's updated it. She's no longer gay. I mean, by the way, it doesn't matter. Hey, it's going to be a real bust if I ever become press secretary, right? Uh, white, male, straight. Mm, no one's going to care. Uh, let's see here. Here she's talking about her new status, which is queer, right? Cut 40. So this week is Lesbian Visibility Week, and as the first openly queer person to hold the position of press secretary for the President of the United States, I see every day how important visibility and representation are. Today, I'm honored to welcome the cast of The L Word and Generation Q, two Showtime series that chronicle the friendship, the love, the challenges, and the triumphs of strong, funny, and resilient queer women. I remember when that L word came out and I actually watched an episode. It wasn't quite what I was looking for at the time. You know what I mean? I had, I had different expectations about a show that was about all women lesbians. I just, something else was in my brain. It was basically, uh, who's that woman who was in Flashdance? Who's the woman who was in Jennifer Beale? Jennifer Beale and some other, they were talking all the time. Sorry, but, uh, now this black gay immigrant woman stuff, now she's a queer. I don't know what that means. I've been told what it means. I still don't know what it means. But I do know this. She wasn't always queer. Here we go with, uh, let me see. This is when she wrote a book, and she went around trying to sell it. She made a video of herself, okay, walking around D.C. Listen to this. Cut 42. The man who is now sitting in the building I used to work in hates everything that I am. A black, gay, immigrant woman... Donald Trump hates her because she's a black gay immigrant woman, according to Corrine Jean-Pierre. Huh? Talk about a victim complex. Talk about project. Maybe she's got issues with herself. Maybe she doesn't like what she is. Apparently not. She went from gay to queer. Huh? What's going on? I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. One of the first things Marjorie Taylor Greene said from the oversight diets was that Ashley Babbitt was murdered. Mm-hmm. Do you think Ashley Babbitt was murdered, or do you think the police officer who shot her was doing his job? I think the police officer did his job. Yeah, right. Kevin McCarthy, huh? Speaker McCarthy. Uh, <laughs> he's still on probation in my book, all right? I've seen some good things, all right? And look, you don't agree with everybody on anything, but uh, how anybody could look at what happened to Ashley Babbitt and say that police officer was doing his job, he ought to have been fired on his ass and arrested. Fired and then arrested, Michael Byrd. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? There is a war on women, especially white women, especially white women. Tonight, we're going to be uh, revisiting the whole Karen thing. You don't hear about the Karen thing that much anymore. You know why? Because a lot of white women got the message, and they uh, they have altered their behavior, right? The idea of a white woman sticking up for herself possibly ruffling a few feathers, 
That used to be You Go Girl. Now that's uh, cancel culture material. And it's absolutely insane and unfair. And it was a deliberate strategy, oh, by the way, to punish white women for what they did in 2016. And what was that? Majority of them voted for Donald Trump. And that didn't happen in 2020, did it? They shamed them and they made them afraid. Not all, of course, but it worked. It worked. This, 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 um, vilification. Terrible. Just terrible. Hmm? Hey, one other thing, uh, for the moment. The January 6th lie, oft told, created by some, uh, anonymous Democrat. This one, cut 28. This was the most violent and disruptive uh, assault on the Capitol, breaching of the Capitol, since the War of 1812. The U.S. Capitol suffered its worst security breach since the War of 1812. Nobody's attacked Congress since 1812. It was the worst attack on the Capitol (laughs) since the War of 1812. I just love to quiz any of them about the War of 1812, as in who was in it. Okay, what were the issues at stake? What 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 started that war? What was it all about? And actually, oh by the way, when was it fought? <laughs> the War of eighteen twelve, famously, uh, it's kind of a bit of a misnomer. Um, and then on my show last night, I went through it all, everything that happened, what didn't happen on January sixth that they said happened on January sixth. There's a lot of that, and also how disrespectful is that? What we just heard, uh, when you look back, and anybody can do this. And find out, wait a second, in 1998, two police officers were murdered, shot with a gun. All right, shot with a gun by a maniac who's still in jail. Two police officers, uniformed police officers, murdered in the Capitol. What about the bomb that exploded inside the U.S. Senate in 1980? What about the five congressmen who were shot in the House of Representatives inside the House chamber, shot by Puerto Rican nationalists? What about the bomb that blew up uh, right around World War One? You know, 40,000 bombing incidents in 1970 alone. And they try to pretend. Why do they pretend? Well, um, Chuck Schumer actually says it right here. You ready for this? Listen carefully, all right? They use it. January 6th is a tool to um, coerce, uh, well, uh, compliance. Cut 30. I condemn Mr. Carlson presiding with the enemies of democracy. I strongly condemn Speaker McCarthy's actions and fiercely oppose his decision to share this footage with Carlson. I urge Fox News to order Carlson to cease propagating the big lie on his network and to level with their viewers about the truth, the truth behind the efforts to mislead the public. Conduct like theirs is just asking for another January 6th. That's their big that's their big strategy. Right. If you raise questions about the election, if you raise questions about what happened on January 6th, you're inciting violence. Right. You're an enemy of democracy. And Fox, they hear that over the top rhetoric. And what do they do? (laughs) They fired Tucker Carlson. Chuck Schumer said, jump. They said, how high you want Tucker? Okay, gun. We'll do you one better. We won't just tell him what to do. We'll we'll prevent him from doing anything. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? All right. It's Friday. Hey, once again, I'm going to be at the Republican Women's Club tomorrow. That's on West uh, 51st Street. Let me make sure about that. Um, hey, we're uh, N- Oh, sorry about this. I should have waited. Here we go. NYYRC.com. NYYRC.com uh, to buy a ticket. I'm not 
getting paid. All right. The money is not for me. It's for the Republican club, the young Republican club. Let's see here. 5 p.m. tomorrow, Saturday, April 29th, Saturday. That's tomorrow, 5 p.m., 45 bucks for non-members. Sorry about that. NYYRC.com, NYYRC.com. And, oh, who's going to be there with me? Carrie Lake. Yes, should be governor of Arizona right now. I'm sorry she's actually going to be here, although I'm thrilled to meet her. Absolutely thrilled. Carrie Lake. Me, Greg Kelly, tomorrow at the Young Republican Club here in New York City. Could be, it's going to be really great. 5 p.m. All right. I got to, uh, on this Friday, let's talk to, uh, you. Let's talk to Anthony in Manhattan. Yes. Hey, how you doing, Greg? Good. Good, good, good. Big fan of the show. Uh, just on, th- on the topic of the uh, New York Young Republican uh, Club, I actually, in their clubhouse, they have a whole bunch of different wooden flags. I actually make them for them. Well, I made them for them at the, at the uh, time. I'm a, uh, a small family business based in Staten Island, and uh, you should definitely check out my Instagram. All right. What is it? It's ALT Flags, and it's uh, named after my three sons, Anthony, Luke, and Tyler. Like ALT, though. A-L-T yeah, Flags. Exactly. ALT. Right. Exactly. All right. Those and wooden flags. I've seen them. I've seen them. I don't uh, – they're, they're very cool. Uh, I'll check them out tomorrow. Alt flags dot or no alt flags on Instagram, which, oh, by the way, is addictive. Totally. Uh, all right, Anthony. Thank you. I'll check them out. Alt flags on Instagram. Those beautiful wood flags. How'd you learn how to do that? You know, I was just self-taught, uh, you know, during the pandemic. I just needed something to do. And uh, I just wanted to grow my sons in an American patriotic home. That's so cool. You know, I have a cousin who uh, became, get this, my Mike King, a master. He's pr- a printer. He bought his old-timey printing machine, and he's become like this incredible artist. A lot of people did a lot of amazing creative things during the pandemic. Unfortunately, a lot of people developed some really bad habits during the pandemic as well. All right, Anthony, thank you very much. Mike in St. James. Hello, Greg. Uh, Shouldn't Alvin uh, Bragg be indicting Trump for the rape case? Shouldn't Alvin Bragg be indicting Trump for the rape case? Number one, statute of limitations. Number two, um, it is an utterly preposterous case. Now, then again, Alvin Bragg is all about indicting for preposterous reasons. Actually, no, Alvin Bragg cannot. I think he's prevented because you'll notice it's a civil case. It's a civil case. It's impossible to prosecute somebody criminally uh, in this scenario. 1995, 1996, she doesn't even know when it happened. There's not a shred of evidence. I mean, it's a ludicrous case. And it's ludicrous that it's gotten this far. What's her name? Um, e. Jean Carroll is a maniac. And, oh, by the way, she says crazy stuff, crazy racist things. She called John Johnson, one of the greatest journalists ever, uh, an ape. John Johnson happens to be black. Not only did she call him ape, you know, she put it in a book. She wrote that John Johnson, in her opinion, is an ape, and she put that in a book. Can you imagine that? And it's not even that long ago. It's like 2019 she wrote this stupid book and called a black man an ape. And the publisher left that in. I mean, what the hell do you have editors for? For God's sake. What else did she do? Oh, she says that rape is sexy. She says that most people think rape is sexy. Now, she is an insane, unstable person. And part of me feels sorry for her because she's being exploited. By billionaires. Reed Hoffman. He's driving that damn lawsuit. Thanks, Mike. Katie is in Long Island. We're in Long Island, please. 
Hi, Mr. Kelly. Thank you for your service. Uh, Where on Long Island are you, please? No problem. Where on Long Island? Right now, I'm in Merrick. I'm home, and I want to tell you a quick story about what happened to us. I was on my way to Nassau County Police Department yesterday uh, to get my concealed, and on the way there, getting off Middlebrook Parkway, I thought this woman next to me was looking for directions because my windows were closed. I rolled the window down, and she is screaming at me at the, on the top of her lungs about 34 indictments and all the and, and he raped this one and called me the c word about 10 times in 30 seconds. Oh boy! At the traffic light, she was enraged. You know why she was enraged? I have a three by three inch magnet on the back of my truck that says Trump. That was my. That's what I. She saw that as some kind of a horrific uh, attack on her, and she followed me for three miles all the way down Stewart Avenue, trying to cut me off, <laughs> stopping short in front of me. Uh, she was following the wrong me. woman who just got back from the police department with her concealed carry permit. I would not be messing with you. Wow, uh, that's crazy. That is crazy. Well, how did it end? Well, how did it end? Is finally I just made a quick ride on Washington, and she kept going. I just darted her. Oh. But it was – I've never experienced anything like that. The point I'm making is this is how I see these people on the left on Twitter. But I've never met one. I've never had an experience with one that was that enraged. I just read it on yeah. Twitter. I, now, now, I thought for a long time that was like a good thing about the Internet. People would yell and scream online and generally behave themselves um, uh, in real life. Uh, that seems to be slipping away. It's amazing, though. If you wear a Make America Great Again hat, you really are. You would really be putting your physical well-being in jeopardy in this area, in New York City. I would not do it. I could not wear a Make America Great Again. I would imagine if I try to walk home, I'd make it three blocks before I'd be physically assaulted. Don't ever. I'm not trying that in New York City. No way. But if I wore a Barack Obama hat here, no problem. And even if I went to the reddest deepest red county in the in the country you could wear an obama hat you really could people might you know make a comment or or say uh why why what is it about obama you like so much i could see i mean i have no problem really quite frankly having dinner with liberals or whatever but they have a big problem having dinner with me i've lost so many friends and that's fine i've gained a lot i've gained i've gained actually many 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 some who i'll never even meet Anyway, Katie, hang in there. I love it. Good stuff. And let's try Daniel and Baldwin. Oh. Hey, what's going on there? What? Is this right? Yes, it is. You're on the radio. Hey, tough timing. So that guy was so pretentious. Hey, you, you, called, hey, you, you called me. You called me. All right, what? Wait. What's going on in your house? It seems like the kids are uh, causing a ruckus or something. Is everything all right? Everything's good, but... All right, now, wait, well, hold on a second. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Where? Wait, stop talking for a moment and tell those kids okay, to be quiet, all right? I'm going to come back to you. Quiet, you please? I'm going to come back to you. I can't stand the domestic situation. Robert in Suffolk. Robert, what's going on? Yes? Oh, brother, he put me on hold. I put you. You put me on hold. I put you on hold. Uh, Max in Manhattan. Oh, boy. Yes, Greg Kelly, thank you for taking my call. Listen, I think that um, there's one thing concerning Russia and Ukraine that many people are not mentioning. They've been 
enemies for hundreds of years. They hate each other. Um, one reason why we're there helping them with NATO is that they, the Russians, are following the pro, or they're against the pro-UN agenda. And this incites war. So if you have, for example, the, the, the Russians are very, they're pro-Christian, they're anti-central bank, and they're anti-LGBT. So this doesn't fit into the UN agenda. This is what the major reason why why NATO is there trying to take Russia out. Well, what about the uh, what about Ukraine? I keep hearing that the uh, anti-Semitism is uh, really big there. Number one, uh, I also hear I didn't know about the LGBT. Uh, what's the LGBT situation in Ukraine? Um, I, I just know that Russia is against it. Well, uh, that I can tell you. Yeah. I, I, by the way, I don't agree with Russia on a lot of things, and. Uh, if you want to be whatever, you should be whatever. It shouldn't be thrust upon children, of course. Uh, but, yeah, interesting. So you think that's the stuff that's uh, really at, at play here, motivating? There's got to be more to it than that. Yes. I mean, well, look, they, they, if you don't want a central bank in your country and you're against that, that's a big thing, too, that, that incites all the world bankers. Mm. All right, Max, thank you very much. Uh, there has been hostility for many, many years. It's really between them, but you're telling me it's between uh, the globe uh, I've had enough. I've had enough of that conflict, and uh, I'm getting freaked out about all the money that's being spent and all the arms that are just sloshing around Ukraine now. They're all over the place. We can't control it. You know, we we send it there, and then what happens to it? We don't have uh, we don't have a firm control on anything. All right, Joe in Staten Island, yes. Hey, Chris. I, uh, I love the fact that you are very supportive of Donald Trump, and you don't hold that back, and I respect that. And uh, I love watching Newsmax. I just wish they would report more news, like what's going on with the whistleblowers and all this other stuff. You don't hear anything on your channel about that. I mean, I, I turn on Hannity, and he talks about all that stuff, keeps you updated. You guys don't do any update at all on any of that stuff. Hey, Joe, that's not true. I don't know what hour you're watching. The whistleblower, no one's been over the whistleblower like I have, all right? The whistleblower needs to be supported, oh, by the way. Uh, also, uh, you watch that, uh, Fox news day in and day out. You'll hear nothing about January 6th. You'll hear nothing about race. You'll hear nothing about key issues all over the place. By the way, they seem to be going very easy on, uh, on Hunter Biden. So Joe, I totally disagree with you. doesn't sound like you're even watching my show, but, uh, anyway, thanks for the complaint. Um, uh, let's do one more Larry in Brooklyn. Yes. Hey, Greg, uh, I'm the guy you don't like, but I'm calling anyway. What do you mean by um, that? You, well, you said you didn't like me last time, but I forgive you. Don't worry oh, is about that, it. Yeah, what was the problem? You uh, you got really mouthy about something. What was no, I, it? I got, I got under your skin because I get upset when people – uh, you know, uh, say things about the Bible that's that I feel is uh, insulting. That's all. And what you know? was it? What was the issue? Not to not to uh, reopen anyway, old anyway, wounds, anyway, but what anyway, was it anyway, about? Anyway, look, it was about it was about gay and straight. Oh, and you were I mean, started. You, you started. Yeah, you started doing this Old Testament stuff, and uh, I I do remember that. All right, let's put that aside for now. Yeah. What's up? Okay, I want to say something about. I got two things to say, but I don't know if I'll talk. Uh, one about Trump, uh, the MAGA hat, because I wore. I wore a Trump 2020 hat after the after the book signing in Barnes and Nobles I, with John Casabatini. I was on such a high. I, I I didn't even realize I wore a Trump 2020 hat on the subway. It was an all black train, and uh, nobody did nothing to me. They didn't even look. They didn't even look at me bad or anything. And then when I wore it at another time in an all black neighborhood. Well, what do you? I mean, you keep saying all black. I mean, what? Like, what are you expecting? No, 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 no. 
Okay, keep going. A a white guy came over to me. We're walking three dogs, and he started berating me how Trump was a racist. And and, and it was a white guy. I didn't get any flack from any black people, and I was on a a black train in a black neighborhood. So I'm trying to say – this is all. This is this, this is a, a white a white based hatred. Is well, white liberals say. are some of the uh, white liberals uh, tend to be uh, not 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 to paint with such a broad brush. But hey, what, do me a favor. I got a little note here that you have special insight into the word queer. What's that about? Yes. Okay. When I went to law school in the eighties in uh, in Cardoza, I was wandering around the village one time, and I saw it at a t shirt store. A T-shirt that I never, I'll never forget oh, in my brother, life. Just tell me it, what the deal is with the it, word it, queer. It, 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 I'll, I'll tell you. It said, "It said queer. Queer is the new straight. Something to that effect." So I feel now that right. they. But you're they guessing, Larry. You don't. Time. You don't know, Larry. You don't know, right? You're just guessing. You're you're basing this off some T-shirt you saw in 1982, right? Told me it was their goal. All right, Larry. I don't know. I don't know about that one. I think. Uh, I think there is a definitive definition somewhere for queer and you're not providing it but that's okay larry i appreciate it all good and i'll be right back greg kelly entertaining and informative on the red apple podcast network i just saw a really wild video this cop is giving somebody a ticket in a ferrari and the guy in the ferrari decides to drive off runs over the cop's foot and the cop grabs the dude, you know, stop the car, drags him out to arrest him, appropriately so. And guess what? There's a great big mob of people all picking up their cameras and yelling and screaming at the cop, making fun of the cop and trying to get the cop in trouble. And, you know, these are human beings. They, I, the guy was a little bit aggressive with the uh, with the individual who had just run over his foot, by the way. Policemen are human beings. Hey, listen, uh, Andrew, very quickly, because I got to go and I got to get to Barbara. Hi, Andrew. Hey, what's up? I just want to say with the um, Jean Pierre, Trump loves immigrants just like you and I. Two of his wives were immigrants. It's Biden who mocked uh, Indian immigrants. Mm. And Trump is the opposite of racist against blacks. He got multiple uh, awards from the NAACP for job creation, the Rosa Parks Award. He used his own money to sue the state of Florida. You remind me about that Rosa Parks picture. It's an amazing picture. Uh, thank you for that, actually. Andrew, I'm sorry. Uh, Barbara. Hello, Barbara. Only a few yes. seconds left. Apologies. Okay. Happy Friday. I have to say, when I hear Kevin McCarthy talk about Ashley Babbitt's death, that is the most cold, heartless, dismissive comment you can imagine, and it's outrageous. It's as bad as Schumer talking about Fox News needing to stop Tucker Carlson right now. They are treating us as if we are fools. And Martin Luther King said, we must learn to live together as brothers or perish together as fools. Live together as brothers or perish together as fools. Oh, I like that one, too. Uh, And the Ben Franklin one, that's still on my list. Barbara, thank you so much. Hey, I'll see you guys tomorrow at 5 o'clock at the Republican Club on 51st Street.